0: Yes, welcome to the NBA panel, the first episode of 2021 of the NBA panel. And I'm honored to be joined by Maria Marino. Maria, what is going on?
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: No problem, no problem. So you're quite busy over there. You're a reporter, host, analyst.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you have a full plate.
1: Yes, I do. I, uh I've been over at Sportsnet New York, SNY TV, um, for the past three years or so, full-time, the last, viewers and um i've been doing a a lot of different things i anchor some of the uh the studio shows including sports night which is kind of like our flagship nightly sports recap show um in the nfl season i was doing place your best uh which is a sunday show and i also do um sideline reporting for the uconn women's basketball team Looks a little different this year, not actually on the physical sidelines, but doing coverage from the studio. And then, you know, being that we're in New York sports and uh, we have, in addition to Sports Night, a lot of digital content, we talk all about New York sports. And so I'm following the uh, the New York NBA teams uh, pretty closely as well.
0: Okay, so how has how, how has your adjustment been to the new norm? Because I know for me it took a while to get used to it. Can't couldn't go to the studio. Some still can't. I mean, it's getting back to normal somewhat, but it's still limited availability. How was your adjustment to the new norm?
1: You know, it's uh it's been like a new normal for a while now. I think the right. first sort of few months of the pandemic were very different than they are now. As we learn to adapt and Just got used to how to produce more content from home and uh, get used to not having sports for a while, getting a little creative. And then in the summer, once things started to pick back up, we had the baseball season start up, NBA bubble, of course, the NBA bubble, um, and then leading into the NFL season, we had gotten back into the studio in time for that. And it's a little bit more difficult in the sense that we have more protocols to follow, which I'm okay with. Obviously, we want to keep everybody safe. And I've right. um, gotten used to that. And, you know, for the most part, when I'm in the studio, aside from, like I said, some of the extra things I've got to be careful of, it's not all that different. Um, we have all of our contributors and our guests over Zoom though, uh, right. you know, or a similar platform, like instead of coming in. So that's, a, right. you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but that's okay. I really can't complain. Um, I'm just grateful that sports are continuing to go on. And I hope that we can get through this final stretch here without too many um, disruptions and not not because right. of my, you know, of course I want to cover sports, but mainly because right. of the athletes that I want to make sure they're safe, their families are safe. And I, I hope that, Uh, We don't get too many more um, cases here uh, for the sports that are continuing. Um, And then for for UConn women's basketball as well, you know, I I wish I could be at the games. I wish the fans could be at the games. That certainly changes the energy and and the vibe. And I'm a little more dialed in um, just with some of the access. But we're we're doing a pretty good job of adapting uh, at SNY, and I think the coverage has been great so far.
0: Right, that was my biggest adjustment to this situation because I'm used to going to the stadium and sitting sideline covering the games. I miss it so much. I'm sure you do too. But they said everyone has to be everyone has to be safe and everything. So hopefully, we'll get back to it soon. Hopefully. Right. So, um, tell us about your time about sportsnet New York. How's your time over there been? Don't you find a great place?
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm born and raised in Jersey, so I grew up covering. Um, I should say following all the all the the teams that i'm now covering um and what's great is you know we're not just limited to new york like we kind of keep everything relevant to the greater like national conversation but it's nice to be obviously in an epicenter market um with so many teams although i wish (laughs) some of the teams have been more competitive but But they are uh, making some strides in that department uh, more recently, I think, and we have some bright futures ahead to cover. And, um, yeah, I just like that uh, I get to be pretty versatile, like you said. Um, You know, when I first started there, I was in more of an analyst-type capacity where I was um, like a panel guest uh, giving some more, like, opinions. And then uh, I've kind of run the gamut now where I do anchoring, hosting. And, and the reporting aspect, and it just kind right. of keeps me sharp. And it's it's difficult sometimes, but I want to be able to, you know, be able to hone those different skills. And I like to right. switch things up. You know, I'm I don't necessarily would like to do the same thing every day. So right. <laughs> I like right. the 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 variety, both in terms of skill set, and then right. also in topics and uh, the different um, things we get to cover.
0: Right. Um, how has your transition been from anchors, to sideline reporters, to television? Because I know I've done a couple of television episodes, and it's it's different. You have to be more spontaneous, and basically, you're live. So
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <it's>
0: less less <laughs> editing sometimes. So I mean, you got to so, so on goes as soon as you go. So how your yeah. transition to
1: television? You know, I I actually like the aspect of being live more often than not, because I think it just gives me a different mindset. I kind of get in a zone,
0: and I feel like I have
1: to perform. And so sometimes I even think it's harder, like, if there's something pre-taped or or whatnot. Um, I think something just clicks with me where I'm like, okay, we're live. Like, let's do this, you know? Right, (laughs) right. um, So I I like that. Um, And, you know, there's definitely challenges with the TV side. I kind of like, you know, what you and I are doing right now, podcast or or radio you get some more time to be conversational however right, right. when you're on you know a 30-minute tv program or um even sideline it's even harder because you know when you get called upon you got basically 45 seconds to get right your, your point across which is right. actually a pretty long time and as far as tv goes um, right. but uh yeah, I, I think in a in a certain setting the challenge is always just finding that balance of giving out the information but right. also being relatable and natural and not sounding like a robot. So that's right. always kinda of my that's always kind of my like my daily struggle if you want to call it that where I'm like, Okay, you know, right. I'm I'm concerned about getting the right information out there, but I want to be entertaining and I want to be myself. So
0: right. so
1: that's always a work in progress for me, and I think I've gotten more and more comfortable as my career has gone on uh, on the TV side.
0: Right. Yeah, my first couple of times, I was, like, nervous. And then gradually, the, as as doing this as a, as a podcast, I got, uh-huh. it, it got easier to me. So it's just Good. More, like I've been told, the more reps you get, the better you get. I've been told that numerous times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> numerous and I, times. I, I literally was just having conversation about this yesterday, and you know I've been with and like I said for um a bit now, but right. i'm still it's still always trying to keep keep fresh and like right stay sharp and I think part of the challenges with the pandemic included like okay, we kind of got out of that rhythm, and so right. you had to you know you had to kind of pivot and adapt, and even now our rhythm is a little bit different when we're in studio. And so some right. of those adjustments that, that we've made, it's like, okay, now I've got to get used to this and also maintain, you know, my energy, my my passion, my right. knowledge, and, and all of that stuff. So it's it's good to stay on your toes.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. That leads me to my next question. What, gee, what's the importance of always evolving? Because I know with me, every show that I do, I look back, Go back on and listen to I'm Like I could have asked this question, did this better. Like I'm always, I'm always beating myself up. Not like I used to though, because I realize everyone makes mistakes and they're still growing. Like I never want to get stagnant and like settle for anything. Like I'm always constantly trying to evolve. What's the what's your, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I actually agree with you. I think when you're a certain type of person, um, you're always going to look back on shows you do. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, in my opinion. Like, you're always going to look back and be like, oh, I wish I said this, I wish I said that, or I wish I done this better. However, there's a balance. You know, you don't want it to be to the point where you're killing yourself and it's debilitating you from then improving. It's more just like a level-headedness of, hey, like, you know, just being honest with yourself, you watching back your tape, as I say, right. uh, or listening back and and recognizing, you know, I could have been a little sharper on this, could have been a little sharper on that. However, right. overall, I did a good job with this, this and this. This is what I want to keep doing. Um, and I swear, like I was <laughs> I was just thinking right. about this with with myself. And um, lately we've been doing, you know, pre and post game shows for our uh, UConn basketball coverage. And OK. You know, like I said, being in in the studio now versus on the sidelines has been a little different. And I found first couple of shows we did, I didn't feel as as comfortable as I wanted.
0: Um, But
1: I've been trying to take different approaches and adjust my preparation a little bit. And uh, you know, last show I felt a little bit better, and we're gonna go get back at it. You know, um, the next show. So um, I just, like I said, I think a certain type of personality. Right. There's always gonna be that. There's always gonna be that there.
0: Yeah, I'm an onwards critic, which is a good thing. I'm not I'm not that bad anymore on myself, as you mentioned. Like I've learned <laughs> that it's, it's like a learning curve. I'm always For learning sure. so so definitely. Hosting. You hosted in interviews some amazing guests, high profile guests. When I started first started doing this, like my first biggest guest like I had Stephon Marbury on the show,
1: uh-huh. and
0: I was a little starstruck a little bit, but at the same time, I was like, okay, this is sort of the transition. I got to get used to this. Like, and I just went with it. How was your How was your transition to like interviewing this A list guest?
1: Well, I think it starts with um, just sort of understanding that everybody's a person like you, right. and I think if you're prepared. And you uh, you have a certain amount of knowledge, and you're respectful, and you have a certain energy to you where you're you know so kind and, and personable, right? And you're asking the right questions. I think a lot of times um, doesn't matter if it's LeBron James or you right. know somebody lesser known, um, they're going to respect that, and they're going to you know be professionals and give you you know a good right. solid answer if you're in that position. Um, right. I. I don't know, I I didn't I never really had a I never really had a, had trouble even when I was first starting out. Right. You know, I did a lot of radio stuff and uh sometimes I would do stuff in the field where I would talk to um different players and I don't know, for some reason I was able to keep my nerves in check and I think that starts again with preparation. So yeah. um that's that's the that's the main thing and um I I've gotten used to there's certain people that you establish a rapport with um, right. like for instance when i'm talking to gino Oriama for yukon i think for a lot of people who've never spoken to him they might be you know a right. little amped up for it but now that we've had right. a relationship it's 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 more comfortable that's just one example but right. that's the first step i think to becoming sort of a good interviewer or just interacting as a show host <laughs> with with high profile right. guests is, um Establishing that rapport and kinda of gaining their trust, making them feel comfortable and then you're you're off.
0: Right. Yeah, two guess I can put in that conversation and um Bob Ryan and also Craig Miller from Team USA basketball, they've been on independent like a combined maybe ten times now. Which is nice. great. so I've I've i um gained relationship with them too. I love always love talking to them all the time. Always. That's great. Hosting, I, I love hosting. I love networking. I love meeting meeting new guests and let them tell the story on a, on my platform. Would you say that's one of the things you like doing also? Getting to know someone is a great thing. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I I uh, I think networking is just so important, um, not just in this industry, but especially in this industry uh, of sports media. Um, and it, it's something that uh, was a huge focus for me as I was trying to make my way and build a career and it still is you know it's important to maintain relationships um, mutually beneficial relationships right. with different people kind of keep in touch and you know it's, what's great now is you have social media as a uh, as an assistant to that yeah. and um, people can get a kind of a front row seat of your work and what you do every day and get an idea of um, what you do before you even necessarily meet them Um, and I think there's a bit of an art to, um, making, making connections and, and, you know, some turn into more comfortable friendships and, and some are just in passing, but, uh, there's definitely, like I said, definitely an art to it. And, um, it's an important, it's an important part of what I do and what anyone can do just to, um, make themselves more available and, uh, open doors to different positions in their career.
0: Right. Yes, yeah, speaking of social media, social media is a great networking tool because, I mean, like Twitter, you can post something, one of your friends, we it, you connect it with someone else automatically. They didn't know yeah. you at that time. It's cr- I love social
1: media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to be careful, too. you got to be careful, you know, uh, and mindful of sort of your own personal brand, what you're putting out there. But, Very true. But, um, uh, you know, there's some pros and cons, but for the most part, yeah. if you use it the right way, I think it could be good.
0: Right. Can you remember most of the biggest interviews you've done? Because you've interviewed a lot of famous people. Is there one that sticks out in your mind?
1: You know, uh, <laughs> I I remember uh, when I was working for XM NBA radio, okay. there was a um, an event every year called the, the Rookie Photo Shoot, which was uh, for – it was basically like a media day for all the rookies coming in. And um, one time I was there, I got to interview Ben Simmons uh, live for our Facebook page. And that was really cool because, you know, I I used to love talking to the rookies because it's kind of before they really blew up, um, you know. And so it was just a very, I think – Real conversation you can have with them, you know, they're not quite superstars yet, so that was cool. That was somebody right. that stands out. I feel like there's there's a bunch of others, but I, right, it's weird. They all it all kind of kind of blends. I, you know, who else I also spoke to? Uh, right. I'm talking to Goran Dragic, which was his first All Star year,
0: Okay. Which was,
1: which was really exciting, <laughs> um, and uh, he was great uh he actually you know the the highlight of it was cuz i was asking him um at the time lebron was still with cleveland okay and i was like you know what's what's harder you know playing in the west with so many tough teams or you know being in the east and having to go through lebron <laughs> right <laughs> he was like he was like that's, that's a good question you know um so that was a that was a standout That was a a standout one. Um, I talked to Saquon Barkley, um, not 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 in a one-on-one, but like more of a scrum situation. But I got to ask him a couple questions. He was fantastic, very, um, just very kind, down to earth with the media. And um, you know, that's one thing I do miss um, because with SNY, I would get sent into the field pretty often, and you know, go to. It could be, like, an event or, or like, a Giants practice or right. Yankees game. And so I would get to interact a little bit more with, with different players, like, after the games, which I haven't really gotten a chance to do um, much lately. But um, I still get, like I said, I still get a taste with um, being then the UConn reporter. But hopefully, right. eventually, when, when things let up and get back to that, you know, yeah. ability to cover live events more, uh, more often, I'll get back to that.
0: Okay. Speaking of UConn, how's the covering UConn women's basketball team and being around Zeno? What have you learned and observed from him, and being around, being around all that
1: winning? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's fantastic. I mean, it, it's just such a it's such a great program, and when you're around it, it's easy to see why you know the attention to detail is very meticulous. Um, the players are taught you know so much it's, just, it's not just about being a great athlete and working hard at that it's about being a re- great person uh being right. a good person you know <laughs> and right. um i think that's one of the things i admire about the program um gino is a not only a great coach he's he's really a great man you know he um he brings something unique and interesting to every conversation you know there's nothing right. there's, there's never a time that he opens up his mouth where he doesn't have something cool to say right. <laughs> and you know he has a sense of humor that's why i'm laughing out now because you know sometimes he'll say he'll say things that are a little off the rails but i love that right. i love that honesty um and he is uh you know he does have a a, a humorous <laughs> side to him but um you know i just i just respect the um the work ethic as i mentioned the uh just like i said that that pinpoint like detail they that they instill in everything Absolutely. they do with the program um and uh it's you know it makes me want to <laughs> makes me want to do a good job because i feel right. like they're so great that i want to make sure I'm doing them justice and right. um, telling, telling their stories the best way that I can.
0: Right. I've been fortunate enough to cover every level of basketball from college, NBA G League, to the NBA. I mean, I love cover college because you see the kids going to their own, you see kids that's going to be one and dons. I mean, the G League, that's like the last step for the NBA. You see players that's really hungry, that want uh-huh. it. You can tell the ones that's going to be um, two-way players. in NBA, you see the players trying to make a name for themselves be the best they can be. What do you think about the different levels of sports, and which ones do you love covering the most?
1: Well, um, that's that's interesting. I, even though, I mean, I respect every level, and if you're playing college basketball at any level, you are, you know, a great athlete, and you were probably the best athlete at your high school and everything like that. Right. Um, so I, I think that's important for people to remember. I think sometimes they, you know, watch the pros and they kind of get lost and say, oh, this, this person stinks or whatever. And it's like, yeah, Yo. <laughs> you have oh, no yes. idea. How I, totally, I totally
0: agree. I totally agree. <laughs> being a being a D1 player is special. You're talented to be
1: a D1. Oh, God. D1.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, what I love about covering the college level, and in particular UConn, is the coach, you know. Because okay. that coach is somebody that built a program from the ground up that has yes. won so many national championships and has groomed so many great players that the, the resume speaks for itself as to what they bring to the game. Right. But at the same time, I do like covering um, the pros because, you know, the players are a little bit more mature at that point. They're a little more outspoken. Um right. They're a little more comfortable with media and interviews, and you can you can get. Um, sometimes I think the content that you get is right. a little more compelling just because they they feel more comfortable just speaking out about different things.
0: But right. I will
1: say, like you, you know, the UConn program is like covering a pro team, so a lot of those players are very media savvy. But right. still, it's funny when I cover like a freshman versus a senior or junior uh how quiet they could be and then all of a sudden they kind of come out of their shell and they get a little more personable not everybody but that that is uh a trend so um i think sometimes the the younger players or the college players are a little more um they have a little more time for you (laughs) right but but again but again i think uh even at the pro level if it's uh If they respect your work and you kind of establish that that trust um they'll be professional and they'll also share with you some some good insight and and something that'll help you do your job well and tell a good story so i like it all again i I like doing different things um right you know and basketball is my favorite sport to cover um of course i you know following baseball and i i like the nfl too but Basketball is just my favorite game, and um, right. so any any form <laughs> that I'm covering, it I'm I'm happy with that. Right. Uh, what's
0: your thoughts on the WNBA? The growth. I mean, over the years, the WNBA has grown and is still growing, and they have the impact on every part of America. Like it's crazy. Yeah
1: well um i got my orange hoodie um over (laughs) (laughs) back in the in the fall order that up which is just the time you know the the fashion statement of 2020 um (laughs) but in all seriousness i um i started covering few years ago and in um in all honesty i hadn't been that familiar with it. Uh, up to that point, and I was right. so glad that I got the opportunity to cover it right because that made me just it opened my eyes to the just the level of talent, um, how impressive a lot of those athletes were, and I just became like pretty obsessed with it and right. <laughs> I just um, that was a few years ago, and I've just been you know more and more into it every year and um right. I think. We have to. When we talk about the WNBA, we have to stop talking about like these tired narratives that are no longer relevant. I think right. sometimes people get caught in um, sort of like hyperbole or hearsay of like what they think the WNBA is based on yeah. impressions from years ago or from you know just people that are maybe uninformed or people that have heavy influence in media maybe saying something that's stuck with them. And it's like, you really got to take a step, take a second and (laughs) watch it, you know, and and see for yourself and and look at this right now and and just, uh, you know, look at the level of play. And um, I think uh, numbers are also important in that narrative. I think a lot of people say, certain things that are, again, they're just not backed up by, by numbers. They're, they're only right. hyperbole. And um, what, what was interesting this year is um, with the pandemic, just about everything ratings-wise is down across the board. Uh, WNBA was not. It was the only right. pro league that had a, actually a bump up in ratings. Now, does that mean that the ratings are where – uh, we want them to be or still like comparable to other leagues not yet but that's right. just something that every other league was down and the WNBA was up in rating. and right. there's other metrics you can look at and I just I just encourage people to you know before they go um, Denouncing certain things like look up the facts yourself but at the same time I, I'm bothered by people that Kind of have no reason to hate on the league and do that anyway, just because yeah. it's kind of an easy thing to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think athletes, um, I, I'm, I'm even bummed that, like, you know, this is kind of how I'm leading this conversation because I, I want to talk to you about the teams and, and the and the players and free agencies coming up on, you know, fe- in February and things like that. But, you know, because of uh, – it, unfortunately, it's, it's impossible to ignore – Right. um, some of the um, you know, the negative attention and having this sort of defensive uh stance out of the gate because, you know, it, you see on social media um certain posts and, yeah. and and Instagram photos and whatnot and you see all all of these droves of pretty ignorant uh fans like hating on it. And so like yeah. I, I can't ignore that. But at the same time I want to be above, like, having that sort of, you know, defensive, right. like, mindset when I talk about the WNBA. Um, Definitely. So um, that's an aspect to it. But uh, I know, you know, last year the, the collective bargaining agreement was groundbreaking. Right. Um, I, I mentioned uh, the success of uh, this past season in the wobble. um, you know, ratings-wise. And just, just seeing different uh, – Athletes rock the W hoodie. Um, seeing uh, sort of male athletes that are advocates of the league, and right. um, you know, it was it was awesome seeing Russell Wilson rock a Super jersey, uh, you know, after one of his Seahawks games and things like that. And so, right. it's only growing and growing and growing. And I would just say that, you know, get on board. <laughs> and I'm like, definitely. if you're not, it, and if you're not into it then just leave it at that. You don't have to hate on it. Just yeah. You're not into it, whatever. But it's, I, I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who understands basketball or is an athlete themselves watch the WNBA and the product and not respect what it is and respect what, what these athletes do. So yeah. if you don't, if you're not one of those people, I would Probably look inwardly and say, "What is wrong with me?" You no, know <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but uh, right. yeah, you know. And uh, I, I would just add that as I mentioned the collective bargaining agreement. There's a lot of things that are moving the needle. Um, right. Sabrina UNescu getting drafted to the Liberty—really interesting. Um, you know, she she was injured, missed a lot of last season, but this next season, the Liberty have the number one pick again, right. and I think it's really amazing that the Brooklyn Nets ownership, uh, led by Joe Tsai, are the ones that stepped up and purchased the Liberty after um, the MSG company kind of let them fall by the wayside, didn't really give them a chance to succeed. Um, I was just, I was happy to see that ownership change. And I just know I'm feeling this energy and I'm feeling a lot of right. uh, buzz around it and i yeah I feel like um there's, there's just going to be only great things to come for the league and my next thing that I'm looking for, which just might take some time, but um I'd like to see the league expand i you really anticipate yes. maybe in uh maybe in the foreseeable future, a
0: right. couple
1: more teams added to uh the league, which is right now only twelve teams.
0: Right, I love to have a team in um, Philadelphia. I would definitely cover that team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I would don't know definitely be.
0: <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I would. I would love it. Um, I don't know. That's the that's the debate, right? Where should the next uh, market be? But right. um, I'm eager to find out.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, what's your thoughts on the other side of the um, basketball, or the Nets? I mean the yeah. Knicks. yeah, both basically both, yeah. <laughs> because I mean Kevin Durant is out for for, for the near future because of COVID, but yeah. I mean those, him and Kyrie together, that's going to be a problem. Some people try to say they weren't going, it was going to, it wasn't going to work, but it's going to work.
1: Well, I just have to um, bust your chops a little bit. Say, you know, the Nets just just beat the Sixers without KD or Kyrie. <laughs>
0: Very true. Very but, true.
1: but. No, in all honesty, the Sixers look really good. They, you know, they have a good shot at a title this year. But um, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving experience—I don't want to say experiment because I actually think it's beyond that—but right. it's, uh, it's intriguing. Um, and I think what makes it what makes it so intriguing is not necessarily those two guys, but what the rest of the team brings because right. they have a team that made it to the playoffs without those guys and right. played well in the bubble without those guys, Yes. now you throw in those two superstars and you have a bit of a safety blanket. And we're seeing it already early on because... Yeah,
0: LaVert's Levert, a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm so excited watching LaVert because the um, past few years his growth has been very noticeable and he has the ability to be that number one scoring threat on a team. I'm a little nervous about potentially his growth being a little stunted with Durant and Irving there, but at the same time, Durant and Irving are going to miss games. They are going to occasionally be limited in minutes Right. And so Levert actually might be in sort of a blessing in disguise situation where he can feed off them and then when they're when they need to take a seat right. he can actually pick up the pick up the slack a little bit and you saw that with the win over Philadelphia when right. you know, he did get the start. And uh there's been a couple of games he started. I think there was one this was earlier in the season, um where he also started and scored like twenty-eight points or what, what, what have you. So there's there's a kind of a, an interesting formula there. I'm bummed um, Spencer Dinwiddie's you know injured, probably out for the season. But right. you still have Levert. You still have Joe Harris. I think Jarrett Allen's been playing amazing, and he's already cracked the starting lineup. He'll be probably in and out of that starting lineup. And if if he's not starting, he's going to get a lot of minutes. Right. So so look if those if those two guys kyrie and kd play to the level that we expect and so far already right. i feel like questions have been answered as far as their health and their right. um you know their ability uh and you know the nets are going to play them smart throughout the season but right. you see already like kevin durant looks fantastic and that was that was the really yes. like question mark right yes. like, we're like okay you know achilles tear uh but he he looks fantastic so right and then, and then the icing on the cake is it's not it's not it's not two guys and like a bunch of scrubs. You're talking about other other guys that have played at a really high level and have the confidence now because they did it already without them. Right. So that's what I find so intriguing.
0: Yeah, Kevin Durant. He's so tall he can shoot over anybody that's defending him, and he, he doesn't have to be so explosive because he's so tall. I mean, we he's, right. he's exploded to the baseline, and to the lane a couple of times. But he's so tall and looks so effortless, like he's not yeah. even pushing off one of the Achilles like that. So, right. yeah, he he yeah, he's back. <laughs> back. Yeah, and we got and we got the Knicks. What, they were five or three, won four the last final, believe. Am I wondering yes. them all? Four
1: that's right. Yeah, they,
0: they are balling.
1: Yeah, and I, I was trying to before I hung on the call. I was trying to remember the last time they won three games in a row, but um, they. Are exceeding expectations early and I just think it's yes. a really good sign I'm not you know I'm not all of a sudden going to buy playoff tickets but right. I I think this is just it's, it's notable because you know last season I think they were four and 18 when when David Fisdale was fired so it took them 22 games to reach four wins this year they started four and three now they're five and three right. and they, they got some good wins, you know? Like that Hawks team with Trey Young and some of those other young guys is, is a yes. major team. They beat the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, obviously, and Rudy Gobert, playoff team. Yes, um, yes. So, so those are good wins, and I don't want to diminish that. I, am I, am I going to get my hopes up that they make the playoffs? No, but right. the important thing is they got their coach. Like that's, I think that's clear early on, that Tom Thibodeau has them playing at a different level, Right has them playing really tough defense, has them learning how to win close games and getting that confidence that you that you can only get from winning close games and then once you've done it before then you then you're able to do it again and um I think that's evident right now where it's not like you're automatically putting another notch in the the law column you know you're you're actually uh, in closed games and you actually have a chance to win closed right. games so um, right. that that culture has, has been sorely lacking the last couple of years and i'm i'm just thrilled to see that back and i'm i'm excited to see you know how far they can go and this is only you know, this is only been this is sort of that first real shot at i don't want to say rebuilding but it's it's now you're actually building towards something. And right. um, so it's all kind of playing with house money right now. And right. Um, also you want to continue to see R.J. Barrett develop, you know, yes. and he's so far um, looks to be shooting the ball better. Um, that's important. And then Emmanuel quickly seems to be a steal so far, uh, the, rookie, yes. the rookie that they drafted. Um, I know Obi-Toppin's been injured, but, you know, there's, right. there's a lot of young guys on that team that you're just so excited to see how they develop, and I think having the right coach in, in place is just so imperative right. for that development, and judging by how they're doing so far with a, a team that was, you know, ex- had the worst sort of expectations, they're right. already exceeding that, and that's, that's all positive.
0: Right, and they picked up another playmaker in Austin Rivers who was huge on the night for school true with the uh, fourth fourteen Very points. True. <laughs> yes. Very true. Yeah. Yes. They
1: got they they made a couple of good pickups, you're right. Yes. And um it's uh I don't know, it's it's exciting to have a couple of these here in New York now that uh that we wanna that we wanna tune into, that we don't wanna just uh you know pass by on the TV guide and just be like, eh, you know, they're going to lose. But <laughs> right, it's a, it's a good time right now. It's a good time.
0: Definitely. Do you have the Lakers repeating? Did you make a pick?
1: You know, I didn't make an official pick. Um, that's a good question. I They very well could repeat. That, that yes. I know for sure. Um, because is, is like ageless wonder and he's playing, you know, just like right. an MVP again, already it's 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 early in the season, but um, you know, this this year things are I think a little more shaken up than we have, are going to see them or that we've seen them in a long time.
0: Right. Like just
1: looking at the East, it's not going to be the same old suspects. Um, right. And true. It, even in, even in the West too, like Phoenix, all of a sudden is emerging and yes, um, yes, it's like. It's a weird – it's a little bit of a weird go. I think things are going to even out as the season goes on because it's still right. going to have some residual effects of the bubble and the, the season ending later. Yeah. But there's so many, like, younger players emerging now. Um, so, you know what, I I haven't – I feel like I'm going to bail out and not give an, an official pick, but <laughs> – I can
0: agree with um, you on that. I can agree yeah. with you. I can go with you on that. <laughs> it's
1: just, it's, it's just, and it's exciting, and I kind of want to see somebody yeah. different. Um, I mean, I love seeing the heat and the bubble, um, being sort of an underdog and how well right. they played, and they kind of came out of nowhere, and that, like, that was so exciting. So, um, I'm looking for more <laughs> of that, and um, you know, the Bucks have a ton of pressure on them. That's going yes. to be interesting to see how that plays out. The Clippers have a ton of pressure on them. Paul George has this monkey on his back that that yes. he wants to um, prove. And then you have other other teams that have been knocking on the door now for a bit. Like our, right. team, you know, like the Trailblazers are always tough. But like they never seem to be able to get over that hump. And then all of a sudden, you you know, the Pelicans are actually like they might actually make the playoffs this year. And right. I mean, there's just so many examples. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I just keep digging myself into a, a deeper hole of possibilities, <laughs> but
0: right. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I just I'll say that I wouldn't be surprised if we we see somebody different um, top of the Lakers, but we'll yeah. see. It's very early. It's very early.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think I'm gonna wait a little bit myself for make a definite pick because if the Clippers are who you think they are, it didn't, show, yeah. it didn't really show who they are. They can get the Lakers a run. Because <laughs> we, well, we, yeah. we all wanted to see that last year, we know what happened last year. This is now. If they show and Paul George plays as he's playing, Lakers will yeah. have a, Lakers will have an issue this time if they meet. For sure, for <laughs> definitely.
1: Sure. I agree. I agree. Excited to check it out and, and see how it plays out.
0: Yes, yes. Maria, thank you for your time. We definitely do this again. I enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your time.
1: No problem. Glad we can make it work.
0: Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks once again for joining me.
1: Yes, happy 2021. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, John, thanks again.
0: You too. Thank you.
1: It was fun.
0: Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you for future. Definitely. All right.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure I'll see you around.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All right. I'm going to head out. Right. Take care.
0: All right, take care. Yes, that was Maria Marino, sports reporter, host, analyst, for the first episode of the 2021 NBA panel. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.